Hello, I'm Howard. Welcome to the 9320 Review Podcast, the show that after this recording is panic buying Monster Munch, Corn Beef and Vimto. And I wish that was a joke. We're looking back at hard-fought <laughs> and much-needed 1-0 win over high-flying Southampton that saw City inch up the table. Baby steps. Glad to be joined by the two big hitters, namely Ace and Lloyd. Uh, good morning, still. Ace how are you doing? Just about good morning. Um, I'm, I'm all right, Howard. I'm okay. Got the Christmas spirit. <laughs> a little bit. He a little bit of Christmas smirk, spirit. Yeah. yeah, a little bit of Christmas spirit, but also our off-air conversation sobering uh, yeah. reminder that it's uh, really complicated and difficult Christmas for for a lot of people, including people we know. So, yeah. you know, if you're separated from your families and you're not going to see them over Christmas, then we're here for you in whatever way we can be here for you. Yeah. And we are going to. I mean, it's obviously not the same. Uh, but, you know, we'll be around on Christmas Day. We'll put some stuff out as well and just... Uh, I'll be around talking to people, so I think it'll be nice for a lot of people, not to, you know, not specifically us, but for people to connect on Christmas Day online. So, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, like two to be joined by Lloyd. Hello, Lloyd. How are you doing? Morning, Howard. Uh, I'm 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 fine. I'm a bit worried about other people, but yeah. uh, things last few days have been a bit mad, haven't they? But yeah, uh, we're talking about a win, which is Indeed. good, right? Yeah. We'll, we'll forget that, yeah, at least people think 2020, we've seen the back of it, everything will be okay, but uh, I think 2021 will get there in the end, <laughs> and to, uh, we will get there in the end, yeah. Uh, what time were you just, uh, what time were you working last night, Lloyd, by the way? Oh, oh late, 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 <laughs> too late, it's been too late, too often. Easier day today, though? I'm meant to be off now for a week, but right. emphasis on meant to be. So. <laughs> but won't be. Let's see. Okay, let's go straight into it then. Uh, let's look at the match. Uh, Lloyd, I'll start with you because I know you loved asking me on the podcast last week about we uh, have our debates about whether it's a must-win game, blah, blah, you know, various games that they must win. I think afterwards it, it did feel like a must-win that we did win. Were you dreading this match leading into it in a way? Did it feel like the pressure was really on it, especially, I guess, after full-time at Selhurst Park? Yeah, I think, look, you know, I try not to take too much notice of the Scousers, but um, when they win, when they win like that, it does, you know, you can't help but just see it on your phone or, you know, someone texts you or all that kind of thing. So it does, you know, I think it did, it did put a bit of pressure on us to get the result. Um, I was looking forward to it actually because, like I've said in other pods, uh, recently, I, I've been kind of waiting for City to play and beat a good team this season in the league. I don't really think we've seen it, and thankfully we did um, against Southampton. And I thought, you know, I really thought they'd pose a threat, and they did. I thought they were, they thought they played really well. And Hassan Hill's a very good manager, and unlike most teams we played this season, they actually, you know, tried to play through us, and I think they had some success. So, it, I, all in all, actually, it was. You know, I think if I wasn't a City fan watching that, you would have been very happy you watched a good game. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I went on the message board, which I always regret during a game, even if we're 4-0 up. But there were quite a few messages just saying, hey, this is a great game. You know, and I think it might have even been 0-0 at the time still. Or even, I think it was 1-0 and they were coming back into it and it was like, well, people actually, people were happy in a way that they were just, you know, it's not just about results that, that West Brom was boring in a way, that the derby was boring. Uh, and they were just seeing some ent- a really entertaining game. And it, for neutral, I think, yeah, that would have been a great game to watch. Uh, one of many this weekend that were great games to watch as a neutral. So, uh, Asen, what about you? Did you feel the pressure leading into this? Um, Not really. I mean, I, I think I was probably, uh, well, probably, I think you both know that I was more confident than the pair of you yeah. um, on Saturday morning. And it's rare that I'm right. So I'll take a little, <laughs> Don't I'll take so five hard seconds. Yourself. It's very rare that I'm right when it comes to football, but I'll take five seconds to pat myself on the back because I had the sense that because Southampton are flying high, that they would come out and play and... I think in general, when teams come out and play, uh, we're more likely to win. So I had a, I had the feeling yeah. 
really Saturday morning that Southampton will come out to play and we'll end up winning it because of that. And in, I mean, obviously when we come to analyze the game, I think it wasn't quite like that. Um, but we won and that's the important thing. Okay. Well, let's look at the lineup, Lloyd. Uh, was it pretty much what you expected in the whole? Jesus problems with his teeth. Yeah, weird one that. It's not really. I mean, anyone that well, I don't know what the problems were, but anyone who's had toothache should know. Yeah, that is as bad as uh, yeah, the pain can be off the charts. We don't know what the tooth problem was, but uh, you can't always no. mask. You can't mask a tooth issue just with painkillers or something like that. So yeah, I don't. It is strange in a way. It's not something you expect to hear for someone missing a game, but yeah, it can be bad. So I don't know. But yeah, that's I. I mean, obviously, with him not available, was was it a predictable lineup? I mean, it was pretty much exactly what you we expected, really. I mean, no, I, I did. Ra- it was raised eyebrows at no Jesus, and I. I'll be honest. I, I looked at that team an hour before, and I was a bit like, oh shit, where. Where are the goals? Do you know what I mean? Like Bernardo out wide, you know, turned out to work really well. But I think an hour out, I was a bit like, oh, you know, over Phil or Mares seems a bit slightly weird. But apart from that, I mean, the team was exactly as as I kind of expected. Um, I think Sterling's pretty lucky to to continue playing at the moment, to be honest. But um, happy to see Cancelo in, and I thought. Not to jump too far forward, but I thought he was probably our best player, and I think he's really coming into his own. So glad to see him because I thought Mendy was pathetic midweek against West Brom. So okay, uh, your man in the match, I said. No, only joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did you think about the lineup? Predictable. Uh, um, I mean, I mean, Colin, you know me. Like it's rare that that lineups get me. Uh, get me excited. It's generally the excitement the lineup causes that makes me raise an eyebrow. So no, I mean, I, I was surprised that Cancelo got in ahead of Mendy, even though Mendy had been poor in midweek. Um, yeah. I mean, Jesus had toothache. Fair enough. Couldn't play. Um, yeah. And then after that, it really limits the options. Um, I mean, we'll probably end up having a Foden conversation at some point because I do, th- I do feel a bit sorry for him in that I'm, I'm, a, and I'm a big fan of Torres, but I'm not entirely sure what Torres has done to get in ahead of Foden if it's in a wide area. But then I can see why starting the game off and wanting Torres through the middle, then he would get the nod yeah. ahead of Foden. That's fair enough. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Some someone came back uh, for me saying Torres. I didn't say he didn't deserve his place in the side. I was like, I can understand it. He is a prospect. He's already. Uh, I think he's he's already reached his best goal tally for a season. Which yeah, it's not saying much. He's only twenty. Uh, but my point that I can understand why he doesn't make the first side is he, he can drift out of games. Not because he isn't very good or not as good as the other players. He's a kid. Uh, he's learning, and he is really one for next season. I, I've always felt that the moment he landed. Mm. You know, he's get a hat-trick for Spain, but it doesn't mean he's just going to come into our side from a different country and just click. And I felt that was this game kind of showed it in a way. He's now, it's not one who's always involved in play, uh, but I have very few concerns that that will come to him. It's just yep. a, just a waiting thing, really, as he gets kind of like Foden when we were talking you know, a year ago about well, getting him into the side. It's a similar situation for me. Definitely. Uh, but uh, Laporte, nowhere again. Is there anything left mm. to say on that? Can I say one thing? I'm, I'm quite surprised by the um, hysterical reaction to teams and squads we have a massive squad with loads of top players in it players are always going to get left out and yet there seems to be a you know like I, I literally had people going oh he's lying Pep's lying he's lying about Jesus and he's lying about Laporte and it's well, like did he, did he say anything about Laporte or? 
No, but you know, because you, you know you when had a niggle, I think. Oh, yeah, it's like, had a nickel that, that said the conversation. I'm pretty sure, yeah. I think exactly. um, someone like Simon Bukowski <clears throat> from the MEN tweeted yeah. just before, I think he wasn't fully, fully fit or something okay. like that. Well, that, that but it was, in reaction to that yeah. tw- it was in reaction to that tweet that I saw people on Twitter going, oh, you know, Pep's lying and that kind of vibe. And it's just a little bit like, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I, I don't, why, why, I've never, unless I'm mistaken, Guardiola's never lied about something like that. I mean, he doesn't care about injured players. For him, he's a bit like Mourinho in that sense, that he's only asked about players that, that are available to him. And if a player's not available, he's got very little interest in talking about them. You've just reminded Mancini, apparently. He did the Neda Manua interview. He said Mancini just did not care about yeah, play. it saw it as yeah, a weakness yeah, yeah, yeah. in a way. If you weren't fit, you saw it as a weakness. Yeah, yep. You expect injuries to be run off in a way, old style. So, which is why he was frozen out because he was injured very early doors when Manchester mm. arrived. So, right, let's get to the match. Uh, Lloyd, how did you think it went early stages? Were you impressed with City, or did it play out exactly? I mean, for me, it kind of played the game from both sides. Kind of played out exactly how I pictured it in a way. I thought the first. To be honest, the first half was, I thought it was tight. It was a tight mm. game. Um, I thought we, I was encouraged five, kind of five, ten minutes in. I thought we looked, whilst not like incredible, we looked on it. Um, the, the players were clearly, you know, I think they were clearly focused. They were moving the ball quite well. I think the the pattern of the first half for me was that, and I suppose the game really, we had a lot of, opportunities to create opportunities where we played some really nice stuff at the back or in midfield and then the pass before what would be the assist just went slightly awry or um mm. you know I actually think a really interesting pattern of the last few games or few weeks is that Gundogan has for me started to take more risks with his passing and I think that's been really welcome and I think he's actually got us into some great situations but there were a, a couple in the first half where he just got it slightly wrong and yeah. kept the same um, and so I think we had you know like moments to create moments but maybe just didn't just didn't get um, that final ball but no I thought it was it was a tight game City you know City City looked intense I think Southampton were a threat um, I think particularly up until Ings went off you know they looked like they, they did have um, you know I thought d- Diaz and Laporte looked, uh, Diaz and Stones looked good, and I don't think they looked particularly troubled. But equally, Che Adams and Ings are a, a pretty, pretty good um, Premier League centre forward partnership, and I thought they caused us a few problems. So, yeah, I thought the first half was just a, a good tight game with not too many chances. Um, but obviously, we managed to create that big moment with um, almost a city goal of old, kind of Kev overlapping down the side, Bernardo playing the ball in, and and a great. Um, well not great but a good finish from Raz um, and that was good to see because I don't think we've seen kind of enough goals like that recently yeah was that an old style goal you know yeah. goal of two years ago it was yeah because I think to be fair Bernardo was really influential in that because he was right on the line uh, on the halfway line when Edison booted it put put the player under pressure and then did what he did, did so many times in 2018-19 which is Kind of draw the man, use use his left foot to dribble inside, play the ball perfectly, and then I think Kev, you know, in those positions generally always puts it on a plate, and it's about whether whether the striker can finish their dinner. And thankfully, in this in this instance, um, Raz did, didn't he? Mm. Just a quick note: Shea Adams is a prime example of you know giving someone time and waiting to a second season and improving because that's. I think exactly what's happened with him. He's uh, a good player, yeah. Probably City that kick-started his career last year, to be honest. <laughs> Letting him score from about 50 yards out. So, uh, Asan, what do you think? This this was no, I hate saying this phrase, but thousandth time, this was no double pivot, was it? And Gundogan, no. Gundogan who I have, to, you know, I love Gundogan, uh, but we have struggled to define his best role. He's putting in good performances in the, in the position where we kind of resigned to him not being at his best you know I think a few of us on this podcast and elsewhere have said look as a DM by himself I think he's played put his best performances there but getting more forward uh, is he doing the business at the moment I think he um, looks to be much improved I think that 
he's spoken himself about the toll that COVID took on mm. him. Uh, and it's something that I don't think that we, I mean, I guess it's like one of those things with, with footballers with injuries. Once they're fit and they start getting picked, we just assume that they should be at their best. And maybe he hasn't been, but he is getting back, back, back to his best. He was massively influential. And I think the other thing is I hope that the way that we played puts to bed the idea that Rodri and Gundogan is just a double pivot. I think I said this on a podcast last week that I've decided Rodri and Gundogan's selection isn't about the double pivot. It's about the idea that Pep doesn't have another centre midfield player that he trusts, whether it be in the eight or whether it be as a centre mid or whether it be as a number six. So yeah, I mean, him him playing further forward and Rodri playing as the lone number six. It, I mean, let me ask you two. Were you both surprised by that? Because in a way, I expected when I saw the lineup yesterday to be a double pivot because I kind of looked at, at, um, at the way Southampton play and in particular, uh, Romeo and, and Ward Prowse. And I sort of felt like, you know what? That's, this is the type of game where I expect Pep's kind of conservative approach at times to that midfield to come into full effect. And yet really quickly, it becomes obvious that that really isn't the case. So one, were you both surprised by that? And two, secretly, somewhere deep down inside, do you think that that was the proof that it was must win? The fact that what happens at West Brom happens and then the weekend it's Southampton away and yet we play almost more aggressive um, yeah more aggressive and more purposeful and more attacking than we have done against lesser teams yeah I, I wasn't I actually wasn't that surprised because I, I the reason I say this is I think what Southampton is so good at is and they showed it for me at lots of points in the first half is that they can play through you and they can also they can also press you really well and win the ball back and I think there were plenty of Examples of that they in, the did first, press well. in the first half, they you know they they nicked it off us a few times. Um, but I think we play through other teams best when we have <clears throat> two options in those eight roles. So where there's someone um, either side that can give it to either of our wingers, and I think I feel like we create our best moments and triangles when we have that. So it would make sense against a good team that can press for me to have that extra guy 10, 15 yards higher up the pitch um, because really. I think these, for me, it's, it's becoming clear. I think it's been clear for a long time, but I think it's probably becoming clear now for other people that really the double pivot conversation about Rodri Gundogan playing together is more of a Rodri conversation about is Rodri doing the role that we need him to rather than can Rodri and Gundogan just for some reason not play together because they're allergic to each other or you know, whatever people seem to think. Yeah, I agree pretty much that. Uh it's always about David Silva leaving and if you have the midfielder that comes in instead, if he's further back, if you're protecting the defence, then you're losing the creativity and I just think a lot of the argument is it's putting it's putting a lot of pressure on you know, the rest of the midfield and forward players for creativity and some of them aren't you know, are not create not providing that creativity like Raheem Sterling at the moment and and the you know the road roster of players that come in on wide positions, and so you do need whoever's alongside or in front of of Rodri needs to have some creativity in the game as well. So I think it's important that that player can. I mean, City don't have a set formation a lot of the time anyway. Depends depends on the passage of play and if they've got the ball or it's off the you know if the opposition has it. But I do feel that. If it's Gundogan or someone else in that position, they have to get forward and help with the creativity because, well, we know what the the issues are. So, uh, after that goal, Asan, do you feel that Southampton we eased off a bit? I thought we were dominant up to that goal, and it was kind of not coming, but certainly not against the wood of play. Uh, did you feel Southampton came back into it after that? Yeah, I mean, I, I felt a little bit like they. Um, their level of aggression went up a little bit. And I think that we wilted a little bit in terms of 
how we responded to that, but at the same time, um, control. So I felt that even if we lost control of the football, I don't necessarily feel as though we lost control of the game. And what I mean by that is I don't think we have a platform defensively now to play from. And we have a, we have a platform that means that we can lose a little bit of control of possession without that immediately leading to goals. Um, so yeah, I mean, they seem to get a little bit better and a little bit stronger, but at the same time, I felt that we more or less handled that as well as we possibly could. I think we, Howard, me and you have had this conversation before. Sometimes when the opposition has a shot on target or score a goal, we're massively offended and we're like, <laughs> yeah, how yeah. dare that happen? <laughs> but the reality is that his two teams, teams playing. Great chances, yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah, like, my, ne- my point was the next sentence I was going to speak was literally, I think whoever Southampton would play at home right now, they create at least that the number of chances they created against us. Definitely. Definitely. I don't think there's another team in the league that would stop them because they're an excellent, well-organised side who are who have scored at least two in their last five home games. Well, who's who's the best defensive team in the league at the moment? It's City. It's so they've conceded so. one in eight now, and that was that ridiculous deflected goal at West Brom. So I have I have very few issues in this game that they did have the odd chance here and there because I don't I think. I don't know who's the the deadest side, Tottenham. They definitely create chances at home to Tottenham. They would at home to Liverpool. They would at home to United. Uh, uh, yeah, I, if you told me that's what they'd create during ninety minutes, I'd be pretty happy with that. Before oh, can I can I just mention one thing about just give Southampton a bit of praise? Oh. I just wanted to say the set piece delivery from Ward Prowse is. Unbelievable! It's like I, I'm honestly trying to think of some the last time where I felt in a game you are under the cosh that much every single time the opposition gets a, a free kick or a corner or a set piece, and it has to be when fucking Rory Delap was about for Stoke like ten years ago. <laughs> what throwing them in? <laughs> yeah, I mean Ward Prowse's ability to literally hit yeah. the same corner every time. I mean, we have to watch Mares hit it into the first man like, every time we get a corner, so it must be. It must be like Christmas every time they get a they get a set piece. It's ridiculous, and they've got Vestergaard. He's like what six? He's six six by the way. Yeah, he's massive. So they are. They're such a threat from set pieces. So I thought we dealt with that really well in the circumstances. Well, what we did best is we did not concede a free kick just outside the area. So which yeah, it's just really playing into Ward Prowse's hands. So I don't I don't recall one anyway. So uh, well. Let's move on to the second half. Now we started with chances, we ended with chances. Do you did you feel like it was on top or was it? Asan, was it one of those games where City held on to what they had again, which has you know, been quite a common theme over the last couple of years? Mm, I mean, <coughs> excuse me. Obviously, we're not from an attacking point of view. We're not where we want to be, um, and so I feel as though it's not so much. I don't think City stopped trying. Do you know what I mean? I don't think that they, the players went, all right, we've got a goal. That's it. Let's yeah. defend it. I don't think they were good enough going forward. I mean, you know, it's a huge win and it's a huge result, but I'm loath to give a pass to the attacking players. Like, I don't think, no, I mean, I, I don't think you can look at the, what Lloyd just said is super interesting. Lloyd, what you said about, Ward Prowse then I should let you know there's a lad who plays for us called Kevin De Bruyne who used to be pretty fucking good at set pieces so where's that guy gone um I still think he I still think he is generally he generally puts in a pretty good ball I think he's that side of his game has been good this season I think my conversation about Kev is what what's been happening in open play Mm. what's what's wrong with his shooting in open, but I'm more, you know, I think his crossing's been all right. I think his, some of his delivery, I mean, he put whipped a couple in against Spurs that were dynamite. Look, what about last game? He put two on Gundo and Sterling's head, fucking six yards out, and they both missed it. Um, I'm more cons- a bit concerned about 
you know, Kev's getting good chances yeah. and we are very reliant on him at the moment. And unfortunately, he's he's just not taking them. But, you know, there are people I'd rather talk about slightly more in that second half. But I think that's a relevant point on Kev. What is happening then, Lloyd? I mean, what should be happening is that Bernardo Silva, and we'll talk about his positives because there were plenty of them, I think, saw the Bernardo Silva road in this game. What is going through a player's head when they're four yards out and think, no, I'll just shimmy past another <laughs> player? Or I'm five yards out a bit late on left. You know what? I'll lob it to the far post for Mares to run in and have a harder shot, even though he should have done better anyway. Mm-hmm. Should should it not be sat down and after every game, watch that video and say, if you ever get in that position and don't shoot again, I'm sending you to Girona with the other 200 players we've got in exile. <laughs> you could spend two years there learning how to shoot. I mean, just the rest of the weekend just really drummed home how ridiculous this situation is. Yeah. I mean, what what is it going is. through the head when in that position, the first one for Bernardo is probably worse. And as you say, Kevin De Bruyne should be on, at that point, should be on two assists for the game. He should have been on two assists in the last minute alone against West Brom. He could have, yeah, he should have been on two assists in other games where he's got zero. So for all his problems, he, you know, the assists keep coming and they should have been doubled. What mm. can you, is there any explanation for this? Do you think we're actually, Pep can see he's frustrated. Do you think he's actually dealing with this after matches? Or? I, look, I, I think there is a bit of an explanation and for me it's, it has to be partly to do with confidence because the amount of times Sterling was incredibly culpable in this game. The amount of times where Sterling was in situations where he's received the ball one-on-one against a defender just outside the box. He's got an opportunity to shoot and he just runs in, down a blind alley or he slows it down it was honestly the the Sterling one where he ran down a blind alley and the Bernardo one where he fucking lob wedged it to Mares from like six yards out on his strong foot. I mean, I've posted an image of, of it on my Twitter. It mm. is madness that he doesn't shoot from there. I think he's, I would go as far to say, I think he's the favourite to score there as opposed to mm. the goalkeeper save it if he yep. shoots. It's that, he's got half a goal to aim at. It's on his left foot. The ball is literally right there. Just, even if he smashes it, and it and it's really hard and just near the goalie. I reckon it'll probably break his hand anyway and go in. So anybody who's played five aside, right? Nobody's <laughs> passing from there. Do you know what I mean? Like who's passing from there? Who's also, looking for another man? Also, Mares is coming in. So if he saves it and it goes in that direction, it's a tap in for Mares, isn't it? Mm. So what? Anyway, um, I think it's confidence because I think they're getting into these situations and they're just second guessing themselves. Sterling is the most culpable of it for me at the moment. He drove me absolutely mad on Saturday in the second half. He had three or four opportunities where he slowed the game down. He didn't shoot. He just, you know, there was one where Cancelo ran down the outside of him to give him the dummy run to allow him to do what he loves to do, cut inside and just put it in the bottom corner. And he, he just wanted to get, he wanted to give it to someone else. He's like, no, I don't want the responsibility. You take it. Um, very strange. I think it has to be confidence. I think there's a there's an element to say it's a coaching thing as well because we do try it, we are trying to walk it into the net and we do just need to shoot. And watching that Bruno Fernandez goal for United where he just smashes it at the first opportunity and it goes straight in and you're like fucking hell, that's, that is literally exactly what all of you need to do. And that shows what happens if you shoot. It can just go in. It's what everyone else does. Um, so yeah, I think I would say confidence and an element that maybe Pep is not on top of them enough, but I, I, I'm not sure about that. I'm, I think it's more of a confidence thing. Do you agree, Asa? Obviously, there's very little time for training at the moment, but there's enough time to <laughs> to bang someone's to head train. against a Come brick on, wall. They're professional football. I mean, I they're know, professional yeah. footballers at the very, 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 very top level. They exist in the 0.01% of people who kick a ball about. Do you know what I mean? So the idea that they need extra training to to practice their shooting, come on. I mean, yeah. we're, we're, we're talking about we're talking about a lack of confidence. Um and, you know, I mean, I'm I'm somebody who I, I feel as though this is not 
uh, one game thing, and it's not even a this season thing. What you what we saw against Southampton in terms of the finishing and even the end against West Brom, that is the culmination of twelve months of attacking players slowly getting worse. It's pretty much the only way that I can characterize it, and that is a manager thing. Do you know what I mean? Like you you can't. There has to be a thing as a coach, as a manager, that you do with top players to get them out of a little bit of a, a dip in form. And it's definitely a bit worrying for me because in the end, the solution is to go and buy new players. That's the only solution because it's not just... we. I don't think we are fully aware, or maybe we are now after watching United and Liverpool this weekend, of just how bad our attacking players have been playing and for how long they've been playing badly for. And I wonder at how many other clubs you get away with that on 250, 300 grand a week before somebody just goes, yeah, it's not going to work now. I have to get somebody else. Where's the, where's the, not the punishment's the wrong word, but where's the, yeah. Raheem Sterling, Phil Foden. I'm sorry, just come back to Phil Foden. Oh, he doesn't mm. play because he doesn't do this in midfield or he might lose possession. Whilst Raheem Sterling's in week after week after week whilst putting in poor performances. It's He's not consistent with you know, how it, with his treatment of players in my well, Phil, opinion. And Phil shoots. I think Phil generally shoots, he shoots in yeah. those situations. <laughs> you know, I, I think so does Thomas. I, yeah, I think in a way, we, so. I think we as fans and Pep are too hard on Phil in what he does in the middle. But at least one thing you can say that he does is generally when he's in those positions, Phil finishes or he shoots. And at the moment, that's what we're lacking, weirdly. I yeah. mean, Raz is allergic, I think, to pulling the trigger unless it comes to him and he can't think about it like the De Bruyne chance. When he's, what it feels like when he's 30 yards from goal, running at goal at the moment, he doesn't want to shoot, he wants to give it to someone else, which I'm sorry, when you're, you know, when you're the calibre of player you are, 26, fucking 60 England caps, over 200 Premier League appearances, I know it's a temporary thing and I'm sure he will recover, but this level needs to improve and fast because he is a top player now. He's, you know, one of the best wide forwards in the world and you can't, you can't run through periods of form for this long, this, this badly. He's not the only one though. I mean, you know, right across, I, I don't, I don't want to be too negative because we won and it was a great feeling to, to win in the manner that we, that of course, we won. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I don't think any of them are good enough. I don't think De Bruyne is good enough. I don't think Torres is good enough. I don't think Sterling is good enough. Bernardo, it's it's a funny one. Obviously, he is so much better than he has been in the last year that everybody's going, oh, that's like vintage Bernardo back. It really wasn't vintage Bernardo back. He had a decent game. And that's really nice that he had a decent game after 12 months of dog shit. But that ain't enough. For me, that isn't enough. Like, well, no. You if you put those two chances in, we'd really be saying that he's vintage Bernardo. Exactly, but it's not. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, but but you, he didn't. So he didn't, and <laughs> the the level, the 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 level and the standard that was set was set by them. It's set by these guys. It's set by Guardiola. You set the standard. Now you have to live up to it. Um, and that's worse. And you know, than the, me, sorry, that's worse than the misses against West Brom. You don't even shoot from that position, that's worth Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I think you're right. And I think, you know, again, if Southampton nick a goal... Oh, my God. That's, that's like the, you, you see what I mean? The, if we'd gone into that 90th minute drawing again, then you'd have heard windows smashing across the yeah. north of England, I reckon. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very... Uh, I'm very, very, very happy with the win. I'm very, I don't feel like, uh, I almost feel like this season is going to have another um, life to it, another stage to it. And when we get to that stage, I want us to still be in the conversation. But everything is still to be played for right now. And when you look at, the defence and what we seem to have got in Stones and Diaz as a partnership. Um, 
I can't help but look at the attackers and go, come on, lads. I mean, I don't know what it's going to take, but it's just... Yeah, like I'm just, I'm looking for, you know, they all do good things in a game. It's not that, you know, I'm, I'm I'm not trying to be overly harsh. I know that De Bruyne is De Bruyne. He does four or five world-class things in a game. You can't take Sterling's goal away from against Southampton. And it is a great goal and it's a great team move. And you can't take away Bernardo's improved form. All of those things are good, but the level is much higher and when you look at the season, you look at what there is to play for, I'll be really gutted if come the end of the season, we fall short, not because Nicholas Otamendi is behaving like a clown in the back line and we can't <laughs> keep a clean sheet, but because supposedly world-class players like Kevin De Bruyne cannot be consistently at the level they need to be at. Uh, no, just a yeah, side note that Kevin De Bruyne did do one of those football porn super passes in the second half again. Yeah, but you know what? Like, so that's. No, I'm not great. saying that, that excuses him. everything. I'm just saying he did one of those nice well, to see. De Bruyne is, for me, De Bruyne's most impressive thing that he did was the pass for the other Bernardo chance where he takes it onto his right foot and falls over. Was it? unbelievable pass I mean that was such a difficult skill on the move at full pace with his left foot and he he couldn't have delivered a more perfect ball for Bernardo um, and he fluffed it yeah, right who Lloyd stay with you who really impressed you then are we just looking back in defence again um, big up big up the man himself you know who I'm talking about what Jonathan Boulders uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, mate. Uh, Stones was excellent. I thought Cancelo was our best player, though. I'll, I'll be honest. I thought he was. I thought he was outstanding. Um, I thought. I think the thing with Cancelo is I've. I've I've we've always had slight concerns about defensively. Is he switched on enough? You know, in those situations where wingers are in and around him, does he? Has he got the urgency? You know, does he? Does he intercept at the right time? I thought he was, honestly pretty close to flawless against Southampton um, in terms of his defensive work. I think there was one where he managed to shepherd the ball out right on the line and kind of backheel it off um, their player when we were under the cosh. And then I think what we're really starting to see from him is his quality on the ball is, is, is so welcome, particularly in a team at the moment where we're struggling a little bit for creativity and we're, we're not finding <clears throat> those passes. And, you know, as good as Walker is and has been, he's never really added loads to us moving forward. So I think Cancelo has been a breath of fresh air um, this season. I, I thought he was our best player, but yeah, I mean, Diaz, Stones, I mean, those guys at the moment, they, they just, they don't look like they're going to make a mistake, which is, which is ridiculous really. We've conceded 12 in the league now and five of those um, were in one game. I think it's seven clean sheets in eight. Um, the one goal we've conceded was that, you know, that Diaz own goal, which was, you know, very unlucky. Um, and yeah, I think Stones as well, just playing with that level of aggression that we haven't seen since probably the 100 point season. And he's just looking super confident. He's he's not being that slightly half-arsed John Stones that we've seen at other times. And he's been really aggressive going into the attack. He won the ball off Adams countless times in the middle of the park. Um, I don't think the lads at the back could be doing much more, to be honest. I think they're... They're, they're carrying us at the moment. Well, uh, Stone's only goal conceded is Wolves on the opening day, I think. Because <laughs> he did play against West Brom, did he? No, he Stones, didn't. Stones, no. no. Uh, I found it quite interesting that Pep mentioned his settled personal life in the post-match interview, which is long suspected was just as you know, big an influence on him as injuries or footballing ability. It's, I don't think it's ever been about footballing ability. Yeah. If he's not been in the side, so uh, mm. Lloyd, would would Diaz's penalty appeal in the first half be considered a, a mistake? Did we get away with that um, one? I thought I thought we were a bit fortunate. Um, I think he semi pulled out. To be fair, he did a bit, yeah. Um, and I think you can make the argument that Ings has kind of completed the chance before Diaz really gets to him, but. I'll be honest, in the era of VAR, when I saw that, I thought that we are getting a penalty against us here. There's, he's going to go look at the screen 
and he's going to look at it for about a minute and he's going to see that he touches him and he's going to give a pen. So, Did he um, touch him? Yeah, yeah, he touched him. Yeah. He took it. I think kind I, of like well, they were pulling out. He didn't way. touch him much, no, which might have just saved him. The, ball, the, mm. the thing is, if you look where the ball is and you look where the, when the contact is, the ball is quite long gone before Diaz clatters him. Like the ball's sailed about a good five ten yards. So, but the the problem with VAR, isn't it, is that they'll they slow it down to an extent and they miss things like with offsides. They don't do it when the fucking ball is actually being kicked. They do it when it's halfway in the air. Or there are so many errors. So I just thought, oh, there's no way that's not going to get given against us. But thankfully, we were all right, weren't we? Mm. Yeah, you just got me thinking about the Fulham game, but we'll leave that for the analyze show. Did you see that one? I haven't seen that one though. The red card and yeah, Newcastle full on the red oh, card. Oh, 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 yeah. I've not seen it. Hey, son, do get a look at it today. It's just like I will do because that was one way. I looked at the screen and decided that was a penalty in a red card. And no, nah, I don't see anything. I don't know how we can look at the screen and see definite concept in a penalty. Area. The Madison, the Madison one as well. He, he when they freeze frame <laughs> yeah. the offside. He wasn't offside. They drew it. They drew the line at the wrong point. So Madison was actually onside, and that is just not good enough. What do you mean at the wrong point of the point of in time? Or? So the point that the ball is the ball where they when they drew the line on the screen, the ball yeah. was already left his foot, left the guy's foot. Yeah, we'll, we'll move away from here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Sam, is Cancelo really a long term option? Left back, no. or is it square pegs, round holes again? Square pegs, round holes. I um, I understand why Lloyd enjoyed his performance so much, but I think the he's shown a level of inconsistency that comes from being a square peg in a round hole. Yeah, um, And I just don't think that it's really a, a solution over the mm. over the. He's our best term. option this season, I think. Though. Yeah, he is. is he, the important he, thing. he is. Um, it's an option, and that again is not enough, is it? For Look, no. he's going to replace at this rate. If he carries on, I think he's going to replace Walker in the not too distant future, and we need to sign a left back, or we'll maybe not replace Walker, but start to. Yeah, know, I see. I see what you mean. Quietly. Well, I think he he offers more. He offers much more going forward, obviously, than than Walker does. I think if he can be um, defensively consistent on the right hand side, then he's got a good chance of succeeding Walker. It was a weird... I mean, no, I shouldn't say it was a weird signing. We're a weird football club sometimes, <laughs> City are. We really are. I mean, we were a weird football club when we were rubbish, right? And we were run by Swales and Franny Lee. And all the way through my my lifetime, City have been weird. And to be honest, it's no different now. We're such a weird football club. We sp- we've spent so much money on football players and we spend so much money as an organization. And then you see Guardiola come out and say, you know, City can't afford X and City can't afford Y. And it's just a little bit like that just it just your your actions and your words rarely line up. They they rarely have in the past and, and they rarely do now. Um well, Danilo, I, kinda, I mean Danilo never put a foot long. Didn't, no, he didn't seem to do anything wrong. He just didn't play very often. Then he, left he wanted to stuff. leave. I mean, from what I understand, well, I don't blame him. He wasn't playing, so mm. so so he left, and obviously they brought Cancelo in. I think it's for me. I think it's the left back thing. I think it's the idea that we've gone so many years without a left back. We've given Mendy so many chances, and there is still that terrible, awful inconsistency where even if he's fit. You don't know if he'll even make the match day squad, let alone be chosen to start. And there just really isn't anyone else. Um, and I think it's a similar thing with the goal scoring right now. I just kind of look at it and I go, you know, the, the, it, you'd have to be blind. You'd honestly, you'd have to be blind to not see that having a number nine is not a bad thing that you, you won't. <laughs> You know, even <laughs> you throw, you throw Controversial. Adams, Danny Ings, you throw at half the nines in the league, right? You throw them into City games and they'll do all right. They'll score some goals because that's what they they do. They're number nines. They're, 
They're experts inside of the penalty area. And we make so many sacrifices. Like, left back, like, look at the sacrifices that we make. It's like, it's almost like we almost build the perfect squad and then somebody goes, I know, let's tie one hand behind our back and show how clever we are. That's more or less how I feel right now because I feel like we've been so close with this squad so often in how it's been built, how it's been put together, just needs two, one or two intelligent decisions to complete it. They can never quite get those. Mm. Anyway, we won. So, Lloyd, mm. was this the result? I mean, I'd never, I never went into this game thinking, look, today all our problems will be solved, we'll be clinical in front of goal. It was never going to happen that way. But we won against an excellent team. Is that all that matters in a way? Yes. In a way it is, because it's it's what we haven't done this season. And ultimately, when it comes to May, June, whenever this season finishes, you look back and all you all you really care about and remember if you if you go on to, you know, do something is is the three points and we just haven't been able to get the three points this season. We've you know, we've not lost that many games, but we've we've just come up short too many times by conceding a goal and not being able to get a second. So, you know, we should have for me we should have definitely had a second, arguably a third, but we managed to keep them out and we did score and there's something to be said for that. And I think, you know, we've got a we've got a tough run of games now over the next few over the next few days and weeks. But I think it's gonna get it you know, it will give the players confidence and can only be a good thing. And it's yeah, very happy to see the three points. We've lost two in twenty, I think. Yeah, two in twenty, I think, this season. So well, Is there a disconnect? Too many draws. Too many draws, obviously, mm. in the league. So Is there a disconnection between um our expectations and the reality of what is available to us or is it okay for us to be um no, no you can't look at that no. attack and say oh we're being a bit we're a bit spoiled really you know it is what it is you just can't ignore that hmm when players are passing on the line yeah <laughs> it's just like <laughs> i mean where do you go from that so no I can, yeah I, I agree i mean i am happy sorry Lloyd later just one sentence i am really happy about the defense and it needed sorting. And once you've got, if you've got a good defence, you've got potential to fix everything. You know, that is a great base. It's a been a great base for so many great teams. So not like giving up, but you know, in the current, you can only comment on what we're seeing right now and that attack deserves criticism. Sorry, Lloyd. I echo what you say there, actually, because I think the amazing thing about the defence at the moment, and it's not being spoken about enough, I don't think, outside of City circles, is that if we can defend like this, it gives you an opportunity to win every single game. Whether you take that and whether you know you score probably two goals or whatever, well, that's a completely different question, as we know. But at the moment, we are you know, rarely, very rarely conceding more than one goal a game. And that gives you an, an amazing opportunity to rack up points because the difference, this is the, this is the thing with football, the difference between three points and one points is massive. Um, and, you know, we've won leagues by churning out wins time and time and time again in tight games against good teams when it's been 1-1 one, one or whatever. Um, you've got to hope that it will come because to be honest, the flip side is I don't think I ever expected Guardiola to be able to coach a team as def- defensively like this. I didn't think it would be as good as it's been over the last few weeks. I think we're, I don't think maybe we realise how resolute we've been just now because we were kind of living within it. Um, and surely common sense would say, given Pep's record, that he can turn the attacking side round. Um, you know, I think hope is not starting to fade but people are starting to question that because it's been it's been broken for a while like Aeson said but then results like this and performances like this against good teams I think they can only help mm. and uh, Aeson considering the results of the rest of the Premier League do you think do you feel any better than you did at the start of the weekend about City's prospects this season Um, I mean I feel I feel almost 
I don't know. I don't, I don't yeah. know how I feel about this season. Hey, we, really we just had to win it. Win yeah, game, exactly. So. Like, look, I think Southampton was was our top team. That was a really difficult game, and we came came through and we got the three points. And I feel as though at times we haven't done that enough in the last twelve months. That's definitely a step in the right direction. I think the defense is a step in the right direction in general. I think the goal we score is a step in the right direction in general because like you like you um uh, both referenced it's closer to the type of goal that we're used to seeing from city what i'm hoping is that incrementally we're getting better that's what i'm hoping is that we we're, we're going to begin to take baby steps right across the pitch in terms of improving i don't really think we've talked enough about what was good because i thought Gundogan was amazing. Rodri, who... Have we talked about Rodri in this podcast yet? <laughs> well, Should we do that amazing. now? Amazing it's, like, it's like that word you can't say. Yeah, in, uh, well, so... Uh, Harry Lloyd, Potter. But, uh, Lloyd, well, how did he do? Really, of course. So. How did he do? I thought the first 15 or 20, he was pretty horrible and gave the ball away a lot. But to be honest, and to be fair to him, I thought he recovered really well. And I thought probably from about... 20-ish minutes on, he was one of our better players and he shut that. He put out a lot of fires that I think he hasn't and I thought he used the ball well as well. And it wasn't a West Brom performance. It was a. It was one of Rodri's best performances. Hey, son, do you agree? I do. I mean, you know, I, I, thought, I thought after a, a hairy start, <laughs> just, you know, you, you know, the... the I, d- I, d- I shouldn't do it, but occasionally I will look at Twitter when whilst the game is on just to see and and wow, see poor the fume. <laughs> yeah, like just the fume is in general the fume with Rodri is off the charts, and I think that you know maybe I'm beginning to feel sorry for him because I feel a little bit like you know we focus so much on how Rodri isn't the answer and it's not good enough and he can't do X, Y, and Z. And then you turn around and you look at, well, how many games have we lost in the last 12 months? How many of those games did we... Oh, sorry, I'll rephrase that. How many games have we not won in the last 12 months? And how many of those games did we not win because of Rodri? As opposed to how many of those games did we not win because our attackers played like clowns? And I would argue that the vast majority of the time, the attackers just didn't do anything. And so we end up looking at Rodri and going, ah, he's rubbish. But maybe it's not quite his fault but I thought he improved and I thought he was fantastic and I think the nice thing was that he played alone in the six in a very difficult game he was pressed all over the place he did lose the ball a couple of times but hey lone Fernandinho used to lose the ball now and again as well it's not unheard of that if you play alone in a in the number six position in Guardiola's side you might occasionally lose the football so but now I, I thought he did really well and he will have tougher tests and like almost like the entire team individually and collectively all I want to see is some consistency over the next few weeks and months I just want to feel like more or less you've got an idea of what you'll get I find it really difficult this weird swing between the you know sometimes we come out of the fly out of the gates and you just feel the intensity is right and everybody looks like they they have a desire to yeah. to score a goal and to break the opposition down and then you have other games where it just feels like they took a valium before they took the pitch and it's just everything's half speed everybody's hiding a little bit and yeah I don't know it's a weird one but well without Lloyd spanning the match so who's yours Asa? I'm going to give it stones again. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give it stones. A lot to do that defense. Loads yeah. to do. I mean, I think a lot of the interest coming in. So, yeah, the interesting thing about um, the defense and Stones and Diaz in particular was that it's a little thing, but I notice that when one of them doesn't do something that's perfect, the other one is there, and that sort of that that's what you need from a centre-back partnership. Fundamentally, what you need is that if one of them makes a mistake, the his mate is always there. If one of them isn't quite in the right position, the other one is there to mop up. 
I love the amount of talking that Diaz does. And I think it's making Stones talk more. And I think in general with that bat line, them talking to each other constantly is so important. Um, I mean, you know, we ca- it will be funny and ironic if Guardiola wins big things, not playing Guardiola football. And to be honest, if you talk about the defense as being the most important thing, then it, then it, it will be because of the defense that we, that we end up winning things. So yeah, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm, I'm not a guy who tends to enjoy defensive performances, but maybe because of what's happened in the last 18 months, I'm really just loving watching Stones and Diaz play. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. And yeah, I think we've covered everything in that game. Uh, next league game, Newcastle at home. Let's try and get back to back wins again for only the second time this season. Let's try and get that one going at some point. Uh, tricky games coming up. Maybe this is not the time, but yeah. Uh, something to build on there. Nothing else you want to discuss? Because we do have, there's no rest for the wicked. The Arsenal game, it's caught finals of the Carabao Cup on Tuesday night. Lloyd, not a well-timed game this, let's be honest. How on earth do you expect City and Pep to approach this this game? I mean, it, we've been helped a bit, obviously. So it'll be Tuesday night, we've got a game on Saturday. And the Chelsea game, I think, obviously, then we've immediately got that Everton game. But at least after that, the Chelsea game's been put back. So there is a bit of a gap between Everton and Chelsea. And there's a six-day gap, I think, between Chelsea and Birmingham in the FA Cup. So it's just this one game in the middle has just really yeah. Yeah, made the schedule, just messed it up. So does Pep know how to go with a weak side or, say, weak side with youth? Or is he just going to go strong and use a lot of the players that didn't play at Southampton? I think, I, I mean, typically Pep goes strong because he, you know, he, um, he always does generally in the cup competitions. And I think as much as we might have a, that complain about it here or there. I think we all actually love it deep down because it's it's treated us really well in terms of winning the competition. But this season in the Carabao Cup, he has played slightly weaker teams than I think he has previously. I mean, I'm thinking back to Palmer, you know, playing against Burnley. Um, and I just think with the with COVID, with the, the stupid congestion, I think. He, I think Pep, even Pep is looking at this and going, this is bottom of our list of priorities. Um, that being said, there are lots of players at the moment because we've got a pretty fit squad that need to play. So I'm sure the squad, the team will be pretty strong, but I, I, I imagine he will rest De Bruyne, Edison, um, you know, Diaz, Walker, those kind of guys, Rodri, Gundogan. So, um, and Aubameyang's out for Arsenal as well. So. And we could we could sack our, get Arteta the sack, so yeah, there's we'll a lot to think about for this, would he? I know. Probably not, but I mean, the last time I was on the analysis show, I think I was like, no, I think he'll turn it around. This <laughs> 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 is the season; he's, it cannot be predicted. Oh, he's definitely no. not, has he? He is floundering that boy Christ well, how do you um, think he'll approach the match it is I put it in the notes I was going to ask in a bit but it's got to be a might as well ask him. you now how is he going to approach is he going to go very weak and go for youth or does, no. he, feel, does he feel his job's no, on the line he needs to go, he needs to he's go got Chelsea strength. at the weekend by the way so no he needs to go full strength and just go for it because if they get beat who cares they've just been beaten by Everton Burnley like they're, they're being beaten by you know I don't mean Everton are a poor side, but they have been beaten by shit sides regularly. So he just needs to try and get a win. I mean, they haven't won. I think they've won one in 12 or something. So uh, I would imagine United. Go, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'd imagine he'd go pretty strong and just and just go for it. Hey, Sandy, do you think he will? Do you think Pep will? I disagree slightly. I think Pep will play a really strong team. Um, I, I think, you know, it's almost one of them where you look at it and you go, really? I think he might take one of Diaz or Stones out, but he won't take them both out. He won't, he might take one of Rodri or Gundo out, but he won't take them both out. He might take one of Sterling and Mares out, but he won't take them both out. And, and then after that, whatever's left, like, you know, maybe like at left back, you can see Zinchenko playing or Mendy playing if we, if we accept that that's weakened, but 
you know, the, the squad is what it is. So I expect the team to be relatively strong. I expect Arsenal to go really strong as well. And also, just being devil's advocate, I'm not sure that when your attackers are playing as badly as our attackers are playing, that taking them out of the team or, or stopping them from playing is the right thing to do. I think they just need to keep playing until until they find their shooting boots. Who do you want to see in the side then? Foden. Yeah. That's it. That it. Yeah, Just because I don't I don't think I, I, I don't think that there's a um I don't think I don't look at the squad and I go, oh he's been underused, oh he should play more. I think people have got plenty, plenty of minutes right throughout the squad that deserve them anyway. Foden's the only one who I I wish he'd had more minutes. So Foden's the only one that I want to see start but then at the same time we play Newcastle and Everton within 48 hours of each other so Foden will guaranteed start one of those two games just wait for the fume when Garcia's in the starting lineup (laughs) (laughs) you'll have now (laughs) yeah maybe maybe is is this a big game for City or is this this finally the time that we have to sack off yeah not sack it off but Really not be too bothered if this doesn't go well tomorrow night. Mm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence because right now I think we need to keep winning football games. So I'm not convinced that uh, I'm not convinced that throwing it or picking a weakened side and not getting not getting over the line. I'm not convinced that that's the right thing to do or that you know, puts us in good shape for the two games in quick succession next week. I think the key thing here in this moment is to keep winning football matches and build that confidence. Quick reminder that if we do get through the quarter, uh, semi-final will be one leg in an empty Wembley Stadium and the final will no doubt be in an empty Wembley Stadium as well. Hence my, my question about, you yeah. It's not the same, is it really? I've no, always I mean, said the Carabao Cup's been about the experiences, yeah, it's given to fans and mm. just seems a bit hollow at the moment. But it is still no, a I know what you mean. So. Uh, Lloyd, what do you think? How big does this game feel for you? I think it's on spot on, to be honest. Um, you know, if we'd won three on the bounce or four on the bounce, then I wouldn't really care too much if we went out. Um, I wouldn't really think that we need a win and we don't need a win in the sense that we need to get to the semi-final, but I think we need a win because we need to rediscover that winning mentality and just that ability to just go game to game and get over the line. So um, a bit like with Southampton, ultimately, if we get over the line, I'm not going to be too bothered, I don't think, by the performance. I think just building that confidence from going game to game and getting wins is is invaluable. So... It's not a massive game, don't get me wrong, but you know I think it, it could do us damage if we don't win. I think it can only help us if we do, so mm. there you go. And as for the schedule, uh, let's not forget Newcastle are still in it as well and play Brentford before us in the earlier kickoff. Uh, Everton United on the Wednesday, Stoke Tottenham. So, yeah, it's just how much do you want to throw into this, but we'll see. I think you'll go strong as well, so we'll see. All right, I think that's everything. Yeah. One last thing. Oh, I knew you'd come in. Yeah, go on. One last thing. Leroy Sane got subbed on and subbed off at the weekend. Leroy Sane's having a really torrid time at Bayern Munich. Um, I can't help but have a little chuckle at that. I've just wanted to throw that out there. I think the Germans have a word for that. I can't say, I can't pronounce it, but if you can pronounce it, mate, then you got to say it. Me pronunciation, Schadenfreude. That's completely wrong, isn't it? Schadenfreude, Schadenfreude. Whatever it is, whatever it is. Never German learned. listeners I've never learned how to German, pronounce no. it. No. no. He's <laughs> yeah. over there a bit, isn't he? He's, hey? he's struggling a bit over there. There's, talks, there's some talk of attitude stuff and... Oh, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> no, didn't see any of this coming. Uh, I just seen quotes from 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 somebody close to Bayern saying that he's got no defensive skills. He doesn't know how to run back towards his own goal. Pep knew that already. That's why he sold him. Boom. There you go. How's that? It's weird, isn't it, when you've got the world at your feet like that? It's like mm. put ten years of grafting and you've put yourself at history. Yeah, he'll still win loads and it will look good to CV, but he, he yeah. It's, Limitless. He yeah. can be anything. He yeah, it's limitless for him. Something. And to, when you see a player like that 
and he's got the move to the club, you know, the biggest club in his home country, one of the biggest clubs, the European champions. He's got it there on the plate. Yep. Got, you know, I don't know if that injury's affected him, but no, it's, it's, there's always been, you know, we're not that surprised really, are we? So no, 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 that one. Right, that is it. We're out of time. Uh, Asan, thanks very much for coming on. Absolute pleasure. Nice to talk about, I think, what is our third away win of the season. Uh, Lloyd, thank you very much. Cheers, mate. Yeah, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. As we said, obviously, a Christmas schedule. We've got loads of stuff, not all about football either. Tons of content for you. Uh, so I hope you look forward to that. Hope you enjoy it all. Lots more coming. Do stay safe. Stay well. Uh, have a great Christmas holiday. And as always, a hey, son. Up the blues! <laughs>